Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. There is a short story by Mark Twain titled, The Terrible Catastrophe. And the story concerns a group of people who get trapped in an awful situation And they're doomed to die. There is no escape. And Mark Twain didn't want the story to end unhappily, but he didn't know what to do. So he finished the story with these two sentences, and I quote, I have these characters in such a fix that even I can't get them out of it. Anyone who thinks he can is welcome to try. Well, that's the way it feels right now in lots of different ways in this world of ours. Feels that way in Syria and really all over the Middle East. Feels that way closer to home. I don't know about you, but at this point, I open up the newspaper and I turn the page and I see a headline about 30 or 40 people killed in a bombing in a church or a synagogue or a mosque. And I glance, perhaps, a little bit at the article, and then I turn the page and read something else. It also felt that way in Jerusalem on the day of the crucifixion for the friends of Jesus. There had been, as you remember, these three years of excitement and fun and laughter and love and teaching and healing and new visions— And now it has all collapsed. There are soldiers in the streets. Everyone has turned against the master. And the shocking thing is that in the midst of all of this chaos in Jerusalem, on this hot and dusty Friday, Jesus is at peace. There is no hint of fear or terror or even anxiety in his voice on this fateful day. So why is Jesus so peaceful when death is right at hand? Well, the answer was pointed to some time ago by a young woman with whom I was chatting. And she was wearing a t-shirt with a big number three on it. And I asked her what it meant. And she said it was the number that Dale Earnhardt always wore when he raced cars. You may remember that Earnhardt died in a fiery crash during a race. And the young woman said to me, I have great respect for a man who dies doing what he loves. What you and I have got here on this Good Friday is a picture of amazing peace in the midst of absolute hell, as Jesus is on the cross doing what he loves to do. He doesn't love being crucified, but he loves loving you. He loves forgiving you. He loves loving you unconditionally and bearing on his shoulders on the cross all the weight of all the consequences, of all the ways in which you and I have blown it. 
over and over again. There's a picture of this kind of loving at Westminster Abbey in London. Westminster Abbey was built in 1066, and more people have passed through the west doors of the Abbey each day than any other place in England. But I wonder how many of those thousands who pass through that door take notice of the statues that are above that famous doorway. One of the figures is a fellow named Maximilian Kolbe. And Maximilian Kolbe was a Polish Roman Catholic priest who was murdered by the Nazis at Auschwitz. When Kolbe and some others arrived at the concentration camp, they were told by their captors to forget about God. We are the gods here, said the camp guards. But Colby went about witnessing to Jesus. He said mass with some smuggled bits of bread and wine. He heard confessions. He led prayers. He shared his own rations. And one day, the Nazis chose a male prisoner to kill in retaliation for somebody who had escaped. And the man was married and had children. And Colby stepped forward, and he said that he would die in the man's place. Maximilian Colby doing what he loved to do, not getting shot, but giving of himself in gratitude for how Jesus had given himself on the cross for Maximilian Colby. Jesus dying doing what he loved to do, which was loving Maximilian. The self-giving of Colby. The self-giving of Jesus on the cross. Well, there's a fella, and I'm going to close with this. There's a fella named Nick Wojcicks. I would like you either to get out a pen and a pencil right now or your phone right at this moment because I want to tell you how to spell his name because it's, I, I think it's Polish, I'm not sure. But you need to be able to Google this fellow this evening. His first name is Nick. Here's how you spell his last name. Are you ready? V as in Victor, U as in Under, J as in Jim, I as in India, C as in Community, I as in India, C as in community. Nick Wojcicks is how you pronounce it. You are to go home this evening and to Google Nick, and there'll be a number of videos about him. And you may be able to listen to just one, but I don't believe it. Let me tell you about him. Nick is giving you and me a picture of how the self-giving love of Jesus on the cross has the power to get to you and me when we are totally stuck and totally flat on the ground. Nick is from Australia. He's 37 years old, and he was born without any arms and without any legs. Really, all you have to do is Google Nick, no arms and no legs, and the same thing will come up. So I saw myself the other night I Googled him because I knew I was going to talk about him, and so I ended up just weeping all evening. But in this one particular video, Nick is speaking to an assembly of young teenage girls, and they have all suffered from broken homes and from abuse. And Nick starts out by saying, Well, I was born with no arms or legs, as you can see, 
And it's so funny when people see me for the first time. Kids freak out. One boy came up to me and said, what happened? I looked right at him and I said, cigarettes. <laughs> Then Nick said that sometimes in life you fall down. And then in the video, he falls over himself and he lies on the stage on his stomach. And from that position, he says, so what do you do when you fall down? You get back up. But there are some times when you can't. And maybe you've got some fears. Maybe it's the fear you have when you walk into a house and it's a broken home. Maybe you don't know what will happen in the future and it scares you. Maybe you're worried about what people think of you and say about you. And that fear can paralyze you. And I'm not here today to say that I understand your pain. I don't know how it feels to be abused. I don't know how it feels to be called fat and have an eating disorder. I don't know how it feels to have a broken home. But I do know how it feels to have a broken heart. And I know how it feels to be alone. And I want you to know that it's not the end. Because I want you to know that I have found my strength in Jesus Christ. And the strength to get back up like this. And then Nick bends his trunk this way and that, and with a few twists and turns, he is standing. And then Nick says, the victory is not when I stand up. The victory is when I know I cannot do this on my own. And the film ends with a picture of Nick visiting Solano Prison in California. And a huge tattooed prisoner wraps his arms around Nick with tears streaming down that prisoner's cheeks. A man with no arms and no legs is doing what he loves to do today. Because on this day, 2,000 years ago, Jesus chose the cross for Nick Wojcik's so that Nick could know that he was forgiven and loved and able to do what he could not do on his own. 2,000 years ago, on this day, Jesus chose the cross for you and for me so that we could know that we are forgiven and that we are loved and that you And I are worth dying for. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for doing what you love to do. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you for loving us there. Thank you for forgiving us there. Thank you for lifting us up by your strength alone. May we receive your love, even in this service. Amen.
Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.